Welcome to The Disenfranchised, helping you to find a career path away from employment by exploring the franchise community. My name's Ed Pennell, and I'll be speaking with the entrepreneurs, experts, and leaders from across the franchise community, discovering their life stories and hearing their tips for success away from the typical nine to five grind. On this episode, I am speaking with Chris Weil, a franchisee of the adult education franchise, Pittman Training, covering multiple locations. So he's a franchisee uh, eight times over, and he's the master franchisee for child tutoring franchise, School is Easy. Now, over the last 21 years, Chris has been in training and senior management roles in the financial sector, furthering his experience and honing his skills as a leader, instructor, and coach. He's therefore mentored and trained well over a thousand people on projects spanning various types of personal effectiveness and personal development programs. He's also a published author and has been a featured guest expert on BBC Radio. I'm really looking forward to sharing this interview with you as I think it's going to give you a good insight into the sort of person you need to be to build and run eight training centres and be a master franchisee for another brand. Uh, my first thought when I heard about Chris was where on earth does he find the time? Um, you know, being a business owner or a franchisee means juggling multiple tasks at once. And of course, we all know that um, providing high quality customer services is a, a real key factor for a successful business. Um, and making sure someone is answering their calls, questions and requests is a massive part of that. That's why I wanted to give a shout out today to our sponsors uh, for this episode, Symphony. Symphony offers outsourced customer support services so that you can focus on growing your franchise while they take care of your calls, emails and web chats. If you're working with Symphony, their team of customer service experts will respond to your customers' inquiries and questions quickly and accurately while keeping them happy and coming back for more. Their expertly trained team provides live chat, email response, social media management and phone call handling 24 hours a day, 7 days a week ultimately meaning you'll never miss an opportunity. Um, you can check out Ch- Symphony. You can check out Symphony and their services for franchisees by visiting www.symphony.co.uk forward slash disenfranchised. That's www.symphony.co.uk forward slash disenfranchised. And please make sure you remember that last little bit because it just shows them uh, that you came through from this podcast and uh, really help with what we're doing with them. So thank you. Now, um, let's get back to the, the, the conversation with Chris. I really hope you're going to enjoy it. I know I did when I listened back. So um, here it goes. So Chris Weil, welcome to The Disenfranchised. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks, Ed. Thanks for having me on. Good. Well, it's a real pleasure to have you here um, with us today and, and thank you for sharing your time with us. Um, I know you're a, you're a busy man and um, you've got plenty to, to, to be getting on with in your days. So um, let's, let's get cracking straight away and um, start off by finding out what, what was your first job? Oh, well, my very first job was um, working for a company called All Sports. So that's going back, I don't know, probably nearly 30 years. They were a sports retailer selling trainers and various bits of sports equipment to look a bit like Sports Direct today. Um, and I remember that my job was to run up and down the stairs of the store in West Bromwich and um, finding people trainers to try on. Um, <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Get me entertained on Saturdays. 
Yeah, it's funny. I, I did that for a brand called um, Donne years ago. Um, yeah. I needed it for a couple of months while I was trying to find my way out of um, my, one of my first jobs. And I just remember that there was a, that was kind of the luxury job. You know, you, you didn't have to deal with the customers necessarily. You didn't have to clean after them. You could be in the stock room and, and um, be sort of self-sufficient. But I remember one guy I was working with, he, um, he, he actually hid behind the shoes. You know, he pulled all the shoes forwards from the shelves <laughs> and hid behind them so he didn't have to do any work for a lot of the day. Yeah. I hope, hopefully you weren't like that. No, no, let's be clear, I was the runner. So I wasn't <laughs> hiding in the stock room. I was running up and down the stairs with the shoes all day long. Brilliant. And, and how long were you doing that for? Oh, probably 12 months or so. Yeah? Okay. And I, I, take, I, I take it that wasn't the dream job. That was something to, to, to get some money coming through and, and get some work experience, I guess. Yeah, that's all it was. Um, and then my first proper job, if you like, actually, I started on a, a youth training scheme. Um, and I started with West Bromwich Building Society and I worked in their training department as an administrator. I suppose that's where my passion for training and development um, started, if you like. That was where the fuse was lit. And I did that for six months or so on a, a youth training scheme. And then I was taken on permanently as part of their branch network uh, staff. So I worked as a, effectively as a cashier in the okay. building society. Um, and that was the beginning of my, my financial services career. Fantastic. So where, where did that career take you then? It took me to a regional manager level. So I was looking after, um, I worked for various financial services brands, so West Bromwich Building Society, Derbyshire Building Society, Cheshire Building Society, and then those were taken over by the Nationwide. And so as a regional manager, I would have a cluster of, of branches and uh, 100 or so staff. Yeah, cool. So I guess that's a pretty typical career path for someone in, in that, that banking world, right? So, yeah, sure. So... Did your career change much over that time in terms of your your, your responsibilities and your tasks? Obviously, uh, there's a certain amount, but did, did you kind of notice it or was it kind of just gradual increments? Yeah, I guess it feels very different to, to, <clears throat> to get into that first managerial position whereby others are looking to you for guidance and support and encouragement and coaching. Um, feels very different to be to be the one who's who sat on the counter engaging with customers all day long um, to somebody who will do that sometimes but then has other roles and responsibilities in the job and then of course when you become a, a, an area or regional manager you're not even in the same branch all of the time you're you, you're on the road you're visiting different branches each day and having different relationships with with of course your branch teams but then more more so with people at head office and around the business as well Sure. So, did, yeah, it does, it does change. And and did um did, did that involve some training in that role as well? You said you had a your passion for training was lit from that that first role. Did did it still incorporate that in that career? Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> I've always been um, somebody who's had a, a tight relationship, if you like, with our various training departments at the various building societies I've worked for, and I've engaged in training and development with with colleagues and team members all the way through. Um, because you know we've got to improve we've got to get better you know there's always opportunity to explore to grow to develop and, and you know I'm a big believer in that sure um, so and it was always something that was on the agenda cool and and so um I know, I know from looking at your your profile that that after you, you were area manager you then moved into um well owning your own business ultimately yeah. um through Pittman training so I, I want I wanted to find out kind of what led you to do that and, and and why take that leap because if you still had that kind of training element in there what why 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 take the next step and, and own your own business 
Yeah, sure. I'd always wanted to. So I'd always wanted to be self-employed, always wanted to, to be the captain of my own ship, so to speak, and to steer my own business. Um, it, was a, it was another passion of mine. And, and, and what the, the Pittman opportunity, which is my first um, business working for myself in the world of training, what that gave me was the opportunity to, to bring together those two passions, working for myself and working in the area of training development. Cool. So how, how easy was that transition for you in terms of uh, both financially, but also in terms of that, that those kind of changing changes in responsibilities. <clears throat> oh, it was a bit tricky. Um, you, you really got to have a passion to, to to want to work for yourself to take that first step. And so here's how it went with me. I left um, the Nationwide Building Society when I was 33, something like that. Okay. Um, as my first son was born, and so I took that year off. And so my wife and I had a year off with our firstborn, Max, and that was wonderful. I know not many dads get to do that, um, and mm. perhaps not enough mums get to do that. Um, but we had that year off, and during that year, I was looking for opportunities. And I had a colleague, somebody from West Bromwich Building Society, actually, who was running a couple of Pittman training centres in Shrewsbury and Telford. And he was looking to move on. You know, his career was taking him in other directions. And I began to talk with him about the Pittman training opportunity. I liked what I heard, I liked what I saw, loved the product, absolutely brilliant, loved the support uh, and the idea of how we could grow the business. And it was part of those discussions or through those discussions that I met um, Yowie and Yowie was the franchise development manager at Pittman. And he introduced me to the idea that actually Birmingham was coming up for sale. And so then it was, it was Shrewsbury and Telford or Birmingham now. Birmingham is what won the day. Uh, I, I thought it was a better opportunity for me. It was a little bit closer to home. And so I, I was able to acquire the Birmingham Centre for Pittman um, in 2013, September 2013. And then it was very, very different. Um, so, of course, yeah. you're back to work after a year off. But then it's, it's me. And, and very quickly, it was me and a colleague. Um, and it was a really interesting time for me and, and a bit scary at times as well. So, you know, my income dropped from whatever it was to, to 15% of what it used to be. And so that's a bit scary, um, you know, to have your income drop so, so rapidly. But again, I knew where I was going uh, and I was confident I could get there. Uh, so there was, a, there was a definite financial hit. Um, but I'm very lucky to be supported by my wife as well, who was gainfully employed at that time. Uh, and there was, of course, a, a change in the way my days looked. So instead of being that area manager who would go around branches, engage with various teams of various sizes, it was just me. And then shortly afterwards, it was just one colleague. Sure. And I'm the one picking up the phone. It's like, you know, 25 years earlier. I'm the one picking the phone. I'm the one doing the customer appointments. I'm the one doing all of the work. That makes sense. Yeah, I was going to say that 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 must have been one of the biggest changes because uh, I think I saw you, you have had about hundred um, colleagues working sort of for you and in, within the area um, nationwide. So I assume there's people doing um, different elements of the, the 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 business for you, like you say, booking in customer appointments and things like this, and and going back to to almost uh, the beginning again. That that must be quite. Um, challenging for, for your ego in some ways you know um i'm not saying you're necessarily 
egotistical or anything like that but I, I i imagine for people who are in that management position to kind of then go right now i'm at ground level there's got to yeah. be kind of a, a psychological change that you've or change in your mindset that you've got to to say right now i'm going to get stuck in how, how did you find that you, you just have to adapt and you have to do what needs to be done you see my passion was to work for myself and to make a go of it so it was never really i'm not prepared to do this work it was this is what's necessary to meet the goal to meet the objective um, and i love I love getting stuff back in. You see, one of the things I've always said through my career, and I'll say it now, is I'll never ask anybody else to do anything I'm not prepared to do. And so doing and starting that way just really showed that, yeah, I can do it, it's possible, and now I can show others how to do it too. So it didn't it didn't uh, rub me up the wrong way. It didn't offend my ego or anything like that. Uh, it's just what was needed that time. And I enjoyed doing it. I, I love meeting people. And one of the things that it enabled me to do was to have conversations with people from a variety of backgrounds, talk about where they are and how we're going to get them to where they want to be. And when we do that and we get them to where they want to be, make it brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Lights people up. Yeah, that sounds really good. That sounds cool. So in terms of your 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 day-to-day role then, were you involved in the training yourself or were you uh, did you employ tutors or trainers to 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 do that under your your business it's, it's perhaps, yeah it's perhaps a combination of uh, a number of those things Ed. you see one of the brilliant things about Pippin is the quality of our training so it's it's what we would call self-paced training in the main so it's computer-based self-paced which means we can set somebody up on the training course and then they can carry on and they have an audio guide to guide them through they have a workbook to support them and then they physically carry out the activity it's tell show do it's the best way to learn um, my role in that was, of course, to provide them with the course in the first place, to the right course to match with their ambition. It was then to support them through it. So as opposed to saying, here's how you do this, you know, here's how you create a VLOOKUP on Microsoft Excel, I would say, look, here's the exercise that you need to complete. If you get stuck, I'm here to help. So then I'd sit down next to them and say, right, let's have a look at the exercise together. That will be it. That will be the the teaching or the coaching element of it, if you like, as opposed to standing at the front and, and, and directing activities yeah. all day long. Okay. So that, so again, that's adding another challenge in those early days view is, okay, you've got to run the business, but also do some of that, that sort of coaching and support as well, but quite varied and, and exciting. And I guess then that, that ties into what you were doing in your, your previous role anyway, right? You know, it was yeah. a skill that you could transfer across. So. Oh, in, sure. In, in building out that business then um now uh, some people listening to this might know it's a franchise some might not but um Pittman, Pittman training is a, a franchise brand that's been around for a long time so um you, you you brought one of the licenses um within Birmingham so um what kind of support were you receiving to actually do all of those tasks Sure. Okay. So we, I already mentioned that Yowie, he was one of the franchise development managers at Pittman. And he was really good for me in my early days because he was a, a sounding board, a, a guide, if you like, somebody to say, look, here's how this business works. Um, and he'd come along and meet and we'd chat and, and he would guide me through. So the support was there from the get-go. After the initial training, I never felt like I was on my own. You see, the, the, the great thing about franchising is you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. Sure. Um, and I never felt like I was by myself. There was always somebody to, to ask and somebody to help. Um, there was a team of people in marketing, a team of people in customer support. There, there was Yowie, there, was, there were others, lots of others. Um, and you could always get a question answered or get a, a hand if you needed it. Um, 
And I said to you, I started off on my own um, there in Pittman, uh, in Birmingham, and, and shortly into my um, into my time there, I recruited my first colleague, and that was Julia, uh, and she was great. She was a quick learner, uh, and she was great to have around. Um, but I found it so nerve wracking, Ed. Um, you see, I've gone from a stage where I'm working for a, a large building society. Uh, everything is pretty secure. You know, you're going to get paid. You know, everybody yeah. else around you is going to get paid. You don't need to worry about things like that as long as you do a good job. Through to coming along and starting again effectively from scratch and then recruiting a, a colleague. Now, I've done lots of recruitment in the past, but I've never had to pay them. Somebody else has always taken care of paying them. And now I've got this young lady, Julia, and I'm responsible for paying her. And let me tell you, she was working part-time and it wasn't a significant amount of money, but it scared the life out of me because that commitment to somebody else, that promise to pay somebody else at the end of the month, it just put another level of pressure on, if you like, which actually is a good thing. Um, I think we all need a, a level of pressure to to function, a level of pressure to get us out of bed and, and moving in the mornings, not too much, um, <laughs> but it certainly created the right level for me. And it was a great support and enabled us to do the things that we needed to do in Birmingham to build that business. Uh, and so I was very grateful for her. And, yeah. uh, and it was all part of the learning and the experience of, of building one's own business. Yeah, sure. I've I, I not really thought about that before, but I guess it's another dependent for you, isn't it? And yeah, if... if if you don't feel like getting up in the morning one day and, and, and doing something, okay, you know, that's, that's going to impact you when you're on your own. But when you've got somebody else, like, that could mean, you know, that you're unable to pay their salary or you become in more difficult financial debt. So, yeah, I must you, that. you absolutely hit the nail on the head. And, and, and today, Ed, you know, we've got 25, 26 um, colleagues in, in, in our organisation. Um, and I don't find it anywhere near as scary as it was for me to recruit Julia back then on part-time hours and a very small amount of money but I am very aware of my obligation and I think about it like it's not my responsibility on my own because I couldn't succeed without the team but I think about it as an obligation to feed 25 families you know that's yeah. what one of the things that keeps me going yeah and that's that's pretty cool because that's that's people in the local community that you're supporting and and, and helping and I think that's something that's um that's really important to understand that even a, a, a fairly big brand like Pittman, um, you know, that's it's actually supporting local communities, isn't it? It's supporting, like you say, just in your team alone, 25 families so or 26 families. So, yeah, it's quite it's quite nice to see. Um, I, I guess um, in terms of uh, your responsibilities, then they, they again, they've altered throughout that time and and your, your organization of 25 people um are you now just on that one brand or have you you in, you know increased the the other sites that you have yeah so we've, we've been on a little journey over the last few years so having made a a success of our Pittman center in Birmingham uh, which is still running and we've got a wonderful team in there um we decided I always say we because I think about it like my wife and I and the extended team but but it's just me in terms of I'm the franchisee um, with Pittman so I decided to open up in Leicester and Nottingham and then shortly after that came Cardiff Cambridge Bishop Stortford and Clapham wow. and in fact right now just this month we've opened up in Sheffield as well so we're at eight centres uh, with Pittman now having made a 
um, a success of my pigment career thus far, um, I, I started to get interested in, in, in what else might be available, what else might be out there, and talk to people at Launch Life. Now, Launch Life is an education giant. Um, Launch Life acquired Pittman training two and a half years ago, maybe three years ago. And they already own a couple of brands in America. One is called Academy of Learning Career College, and they have Tuit, which is an online tutoring app. Um, and they also had a brand called School is Easy. And in my conversations with Daryl, who's the uh, chief exec owner of Launch Life, um, he selected me as the guy to run School is Easy in Great Britain. So I became the master franchisee for School is Easy in the middle of 2020. Okay. Um, Great Britain being England, Wales and Scotland. And then we set about how we can, we can grow that business too. So, so no, I'm not just Pittman anymore. And they're Pittman and School is Easy. Yeah, wow. That's that, I mean, it seems like um, a massive amount to take on, but I guess those kind of in, incremental growth stages um, allow you to manage it and increase that team to help you to manage it. Um, but I, I got a question kind of going back a little bit. So wh wh why choose um, those locations? I think you mentioned Nottingham and, and, and Leicester. What, what made you decide to choose those locations? So the opportunity was good. Um, the, the, the territory sizes were good sizes for the business that we're in. Um, in Pittman training, I've always been somebody who wants a, a good sized city centre territory with a mix of dev people, if you like, different demographics. Um, and I felt we could really make a success in those locations. So that's why I picked. Cool. And, and were their, their sites already set up and ready to go? Or did you have to go out there and choose the location, choose the building, all of these things as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So in Leicester and Nottingham, they were both greenfield sites. So it was a case of having to, to start from scratch. Yeah. So you, you, you're absolutely right. You go along, you meet landlords, you have a tour of different offices, you figure out which one's right for your business and do negotiation on the lease and you fit it out and, you know, and you staff it up. So all of those things are, are tricky. Don't get me wrong, you know, we, we've had our learnings along the way, but, but yeah, each time it was a fresh start. Cardiff, Cambridge and Bishop Stortford were different um, in that I acquired those from other franchisees. So they were established with, with team members in there. And I must admit, that's a much easier way to go. <laughs> I, I was, I was going to ask about, you know, finding the, the right location. Is that something that it's it was completely on you? Or was it supported by the by the, the, uh, the brands, you know, the franchise? Yeah, the brand, support. the brand give guidance. Um, this is the sort of location that we're looking for. This is the sort of size. This is the sort of look and feel. Um, and then I would always... Um, you know, in agreement with, with Pittman, of course, um, <clears throat> have a particular area in mind. So for me, it would always be in the city centre. Um, with, with our Pittman brand, that's the right place to be, I believe. And it would always be close to parking, um, rail services and bus services. I know it sounds obvious, but people have got to be able to get to you easily and get away from you easily. And then one of the things I, I often say to, to new franchises or people who are considering Pittman, when they ask me the question about location, where should I be? I'll tell them the things I've just told you, Ed. And then the final thing I say to them, imagine your wife or your daughter or you know, a female friend is leaving the Pittman train center at eight o'clock at night in the winter. You yeah. want to be somewhere where you can be reasonably confident, very confident, that they're going to get to their car, their bus, their train safely um, and without feeling, you know, scared or afraid or like you've put yourself, you've put them at the wrong 
long end of town type of thing. So it's always important to think about who's going to be using your facility and how they're going to get to and from and when. Yeah, sure, definitely. It makes a lot of sense and perhaps something you don't think about on the, the face of it, you know, just find a location and people will turn up. But yeah, actually, that's that's really important. So um, in terms of um, that, that face-to-face element then, is that something that's still taking place across 2020, 21? You know, obviously a lot more restrictions in place. So I guess things changed a little bit for, for the training centres. <laughs> it was like a roller coaster, Ed. It was like a roller coaster. <laughs> um, yeah, we take our centre in Cardiff. I think we've got 40-odd student seats. And right up until the end of 2019, very early 2020, you'd have struggled to get a seat. Um, you know, we had a booking system so students can reserve a, a PC for a, a period of time and they would you know use it and they would go and somebody else would come along and it was very busy you know we'd be seeing you know 60 70 different people a day um and then the pandemic hit and the lockdown came and and you know center usage went bang straight down um, our centers were we went into lockdown our centers were closed um and then we came out and went in again and you know how it's gone yeah um, and we just we're starting to see numbers um through this year we started to see numbers return i don't think they've got to back to pre-pandemic levels yet um and it's really interesting because we've adapted um and i think in business you have to adapt um, and we've adapted to the situation of people not wanting to come back now fortunately with Pitman, our products and services are great and we can deliver them anywhere we do tend to find that people have a greater level of success when they come into the centre. So completion rates are higher, grades are higher when, when students come into the centre because we can physically help them in person. But we're really, really good at helping people um, virtually as well. So students can study virtually. So our enrolment numbers, in fact, our business levels are as, as high now as they've ever been. Um, but our centres are coming back and getting busier all of the time. That's interesting. So I guess it's almost added on a, another arm to what you can deliver, really, um, because you'd have, I'm assuming you'd have had to focus more on that online piece and probably uh, make that more, uh, make that easier to use, perhaps, and, and more accessible yeah. to people, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's almost like Zoom became, I don't think it was quite the word of the year in 2020, but it was a, it was a word that entered people's vocabulary or a, a piece of software that people didn't know about before. Um, some did, of course, but, but not the masses, if that makes sense. But now everybody knows what a Zoom call is. Everybody knows what a Teams call is. Um, and we had, to, we had to help to educate people in knowing what those things are and then help our colleagues to understand how we can really use them well for our business and so that we can support our customers and, and anybody who's considering studying with Pitman. Cool. So back back to, to kind of you then and um, taking on School is Easy as a, a master franchisee. Um, it, I mean, it sounds like, well, it's pretty clear, I think, that you, you're very successful under the, the Pitman brand. You had eight locations, you said, and a, a team that you'd built up. Why, why look to take on another project or another potential headache, you know, in, in some ways for yourself? I think, you know, it's, it's a great question. Um, I think that there's probably a number of answers to that. Um, the first one is, uh, I think the pandemic created um, what's called, what we're calling learning loss. Um, and so there are a lot of young people now. When I say young people, ages five up to, you know, going to college and university. 
um, who have suffered, and we don't quite yet know how much they've suffered, that they've suffered learning loss. Because shutting schools is never a great thing for a variety of reasons. Learning is only one of them. Um, but they've suffered this learning loss. And what happens is the curriculum doesn't get adjusted to enable, you know, you don't repeat year five for somebody who missed it. You just start year six. Yeah. Um, but education is something that builds. One piece of knowledge builds onto the next, onto the next, onto the next. Now, if you miss all of this knowledge, you're expected to go from here and start here. And you missed a whole chunk of stuff. Some kids will be able to do that. Some kids were better supported than others throughout the lockdown. But there's a whole swathe of kids, uh, of young people, who didn't have that educational support. And the government recognised this. They put hundreds of millions of pounds into tutoring over the last 12 months and continue to put tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions, into tutoring. So they know it's a real problem. Yeah. So I saw that opportunity if you like to help to to do something about that challenge to help young people so i think tutoring is a very a very good business for now um it's a business whereby we can support our communities and when we get it right we can make a profit because it is a business remember so why would i do that um one i want to support our community you know i'm big on supporting community a number of things i do outside of work are about supporting community um but Equally, I'm in business. I'm in business because I want to make a profit. I want to provide a nice lifestyle for my family. You know, I want the, I've got two boys. I want them to have great opportunities. Um, and the world we live in means, you know, financial resources are one of the things that's required to give people great opportunities. Yeah. Um, so that's it. Um, I, want to, I want to build nice businesses which serve our communities well and which can enable my family and I to live a nice lifestyle. Yeah, that's really great. That's really um, well put as well. Um, you know, sometimes it's easy to just see, you know, growing your your your, your empire, so to speak, uh, um, as just a, a way to generate more money and more revenue. But actually, there's you've, you've tied the two things together, which I think is is really cool. And I, I completely agree with you on that learning loss. My my son is five, my daughter's seven. Um, I don't think we've seen too much of an impact on her being seven because she had a lot of those base building blocks in place before the, the recession hit in terms of reading, writing, maths and things like this. But yeah. my son at the same age, um, you can see his reading is behind, you know, and yeah. we tried hard to, to, to do all of the homework, to do all of the reading with him. But, you know, we weren't providing um, how many hours a day that a school does, you know, on, on focusing on the, those elements. You know, we had... Uh, work ourselves to actually be getting on with I, I I didn't go on furlough or anything like this and my mm. wife um, did have some time off but when you've got two of them it's you know and all the other duties you have around the house it's it's quite a task so yeah we, we, we're seeing that in our son now he's just not quite at the same level as um, my daughter and there's no difference in terms of their intelligence or their ability to learn it's just he didn't mm. have that consistent learning environment to be in yeah so I can see real, real value in, in that. And, and that's obviously what school is easy to do is provide tutors to these um, young people. But is it home-based, online? Yeah, how is school yeah. is easy supporting these, these children with that, that perhaps learning loss? Yeah, it's a combination of both because we're not teachers, right? Um, and as much as we love our kids and as much as we want to do our best for them, we're not teachers. We can't create that environment they have at school. 
and, and we haven't got the skills probably um, to be able to engage with them for, uh, as an educationalist. We're, mums and dads, you know, we'll help you with your reading, we'll try and support you with your homework, but we're not educationalists. And so what school does easy do is to provide a, a professional, if you like, a professional tutor who can work with them, who understands how to work with them, how to teach, how learning works. Um, so that's what we do. Um, in terms of how we do it, we can do it online and we can do it in home. Now, it really depends on the age of the child as to what may work best. You know, with children, the children um, that yours are, the age, sorry, that your children are, and the age that my children are, probably work better face to face because um, yeah. it's difficult to keep them engaged online for long. Um, but face to face, they can get some really interesting work, some exciting work, um, and they can, and we can make learning fun. With the older kids, um, it might be that we do some online, it might be we do some offline. It could be either or a bit of both. Um, so it really does depend on, on, on the student. So, so the face-to-face, -face, is that in training centres again, or is that, you know, going no, out to the, to the homes? Yeah, that's in home. And we could do it in the coffee shop, we could do it in the library, um, but, but generally it's in home. Yeah. yeah, okay, that's interesting. So um, as a master franchisee, I, I take it you're, you're, you're now uh, looking to build out the network of um, franchisees or, or owners of the, the School is Easy business. Yeah. Um, how many people are, are under that brand at the moment? How many franchisees? So we've currently got we've currently got fourteen territories. Um, okay. So you remember that I I joined School is Easy in August twenty twenty, so a little over twelve months ago, uh, and in that time we've grown to fourteen territories in England, Wales, and uh, Scotland, uh, and we're looking to to very quickly grow our network to twenty five, and and above and beyond that, you know, the hundred is the, is the magic number. Yeah, so we've got some very aggressive growth plans, but it's a it's a very, very attractive business. I think for people who haven't considered tutoring yet or looked at what the numbers can look like, it's an incredibly attractive business. Yeah, so I, I, I'm now thinking, OK, that it's not the same as the, the Pittman side. So you don't necessarily need a centre. It can be run from home quite comfortably, yeah. um, but obviously traveling within your, your, your local area. Mm. Um, what 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 background do these people need to come from? Because I, I guess from for Pittman, I can see that maybe they they can come from a management style background and build a team and, and grow, and they don't necessarily need to be, you know, hands on training and and, and coaching people. That can be kind of they can employ staff, but um, school is easy. I'm guessing that can that's them on their own pretty much, um, and they're going to have to go out there to the homes of the the, the, the families of the children and. Do they need to be teachers? I guess if, if you know, I'm guessing there's got to be some learning involved on how to deliver these 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 uh, this tutoring. So yeah, what type of background do they need to come from? It's a great question, Adam. Thanks for asking it. Uh, the answer is that they don't need to be teachers, but it doesn't it doesn't need, it neither qualifies nor disqualifies them because we're looking for personality. We're looking for people who have a passion to build their own business, people who've got a passion to make a difference in their community, people who are hardworking, creative engaging yeah, that's what we're looking for we don't need the brain of britain we need somebody who is absolutely passionate about building a business within our brand with school is easy somebody who's passionate about making a difference to the young people and somebody who's able and willing to invest in making that happen an investment is partly cash it's partly time it's creativity, it's relationships, it's influencing, it's, it's all of the things that make a successful business person. So what we want 
what we're looking for, who we're looking for, are those people that you know, perhaps want to get out of the, the nine to five grind. They've had enough of that. Perhaps people want to be based at home. Perhaps it's people who want to you know, make a, a nest egg or want to financially secure their family's future. Perhaps it's people who do want to make a difference in their community. But in all of that, it's people who are able to engage with others, build relationships, and somebody who's willing to get in and around people in their community, physically and virtually, to start to make a difference. So you don't have to come from an education background. In fact, most of our franchises don't. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? What, what sort of backgrounds do some of your franchisees come from? So we've got um, people, in fact, all of them bar one have either run uh, or recently run another business. So most of them have been previous entrepreneurs. So they like the idea of working for themselves. And, and it's great because when it works really well, it's fantastic. Um, and then the other, um, the one who hasn't run her own business before actually is from an education background. So it neither preclude, you know, neither includes or excludes anybody. It's about the person. It's about what the person want, wants to achieve and whether we think we can work together. Yeah, because franchising is a relationship. It's not a, a boss and employee type of relationship. It's two business people coming together to work together in continuing to build that business. So, you know, I've got to think I can work with this person and they've got to think they can work with me and my team. Um, and when we believe all of that is, is right, then we can, we can go and we can have a great and successful relationship for sure. Cool. So with, the, with, with both, both brands that you're working under, do you still, I mean, with Pittman, do you still see the other franchisees? I'm, I'm assuming you do with the school is easy one as you're working together with them, of course. Yeah. But, yeah. but for Pittman, do you still see other franchisees and do you, do you, do you ever learn anything from, from them? Oh, 100%. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, we had a Pittman annual conference, actually, in London. So there were 100 uh, Pittman colleagues together for, for two days in London. Um, and we were sort of launching the future, if you like, what's going to be different about Pittman in the future than Pittman of the past. So that gave us a tremendous networking opportunity. Um, so that was a brilliant thing to do. And yeah, we do talk, you know, in fact, just half an hour ago, before we started our call, um, I emailed three of my Pittman colleagues with a, with a question on something. I just wanted to get their view on something. So, so there is that robust support network. There is people who are in the, the same or a very similar situation to you. And you can just go, you know, guys, tell me about this. Um, or I'm, I'm challenged here. Or can I have an opinion on something, please? Um, and I put a call into Paul, Paul Lewis, who I think you've had on your podcast before yeah. just this morning because i want to get his opinion on something um and when you're in business absolutely by yourself you know not within a franchise brand there may not be anybody to call but within a franchise there's always somebody to call somebody who's a bit further down the line than you somebody who's done something you haven't or somebody whose opinion you value um, and so yeah I've, I've been doing that very thing this morning yeah so uh, that leaves me sort of um wonder you know was it that reason why you didn't try and set up on your own from scratch because you you, you know you, you you talk about those other entrepreneurs within school is easy um and yourself seem pretty entrepreneurial as well so um isn't there isn't there something within you and and and, and why didn't you kind of try and build something from scratch you know I, I could imagine you could do that successfully so yeah what why not do that and why why are these other entrepreneurs not going out and then building their own tutor business 
it's that blueprint for success. Um, I think one of the things with Pittman training particularly, because I've always been interested and engaged in the world of training, but one of the things with training is when you're writing content, you're not delivering it. When you're delivering yeah. content, you're not selling it. And when you're selling content, you're not writing it. So it's very much, you can only wear one hat at a time, albeit you have to have lots of different hats. With Pitman, the product is written by our product team, and it's brilliant. A lot of marketing happens with our marketing team. Now, of course, we do more locally, um, but a lot of marketing happens centrally as well which meant that certainly in the early days, I could come in and focus on finding customers. Um, and that was absolutely massive for me. And I think if I'd have gone on and done it on my own, so to speak, I wouldn't have anywhere near the, the level of success we enjoy at the moment, I don't think, because um, I wouldn't have had the time to invest in finding customers. Yeah. And so for me, it was, it was the, the power of the brand and the support of the, the team around me, the, the head office team, if you like, that heavily contributed to, to my success in Pittman. And I believe that's one of the things that contributes and will continue to contribute to the success of our School is Easy partners is they're not on their own. You know, yeah. we are with them. We are doing with them, enabling them to focus more on going out and developing relationships. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, school school is easy then. Um, I'm curious to find out how it started. Um, obviously, you didn't start the brand from scratch yourself, but uh, I wonder I wonder if you you probably know the um, the, the kind of founder's story and, and and why it was developed and and where it was developed because I'm guessing it it didn't start in the UK. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. It started in Vancouver in Canada, uh, and the lady who founded School is Easy um, is a lady named Susan Cumberland. And, you know, she, she saw an opportunity there in, in Vancouver um, for people who needed extra tutoring help. And she came herself from a, an education background and started to, to help students with tutoring. And then she got busy. And then she thought, I need some other people to help me with this tutoring. I've got too many students. And so started recruiting tutors. And actually then found she was spending her time on matching tutors and students more so than doing any tutoring herself. So she saw the business opportunity in that. Um, and having grown that business to a certain size, then elected to, to sell it to Launch Life International, who've continued to, to, to grow that business quite substantially since they, they took over from Susan. And Susan's still engaged with the business. She's a, a master franchisee actually for California in the United States, as well as running some territories still in Vancouver. Cool. That's that's good, and I guess it's just quite organic growth, really, isn't it? In, the, in those early days, and then, and I guess with the the power of a, a large brand like Launch Life behind it, um, it's going to be pretty stable. There's going to be processes that are, are put in place that they've experienced from other brands within their their network. And I've heard of these types of brands before that that own multiple different um, franchises or, or, or different brands underneath them. Um, there's not so many that just focusing on one core area and education, I guess, is quite, quite an important one. So um, I guess anybody that's coming into the, the school is easy brands, if they are quite entrepreneurial like yourself and think, actually, I want to look at other opportunities to yeah, develop wealth for, for, for myself and um, to have a bigger impact on my local community. Is it easy for them to kind of 
go across the different brands and find, you know, a, a way to operate both of them at the same time? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we've got a couple of partners who do operate Pitman and Scooters Easy, um, you know, and, and all the time are growing their businesses. So it's possible. The advice I would give is, is get one right and then take another one on yeah. um, if that's what you want to do. Um, so you're not juggling too many balls. You know, get your systems, your processes, your team, et cetera, correct in, in whatever brand you choose to go with first. And then, yeah, sure, sure, we can look at another one. It's entirely possible. You see, I'm not the I'm not the brightest. I'm not the richest. I'm not the most intelligent. I'm not the hardest working. I'm not the most creative of anything. When I look across Pittman and School is Easy, I can spot people who are more effective than me. I am courageous. I will have a go. I do believe in myself. And that's what I want from people around us. So if somebody comes along and says, you know what, Chris, I'm ambitious. I want to build six territories with school is easy or i want three or four pitman training centers i'm like yeah absolutely you can do it because i've done it and you know just a regular guy who believes in himself um and and, and develops relationships and, and finds ways to get support so absolutely people can do it fantastic well, look i'm conscious of um time a little bit now so i want to sort of dig into a few other questions um I always ask everybody. So my, my first one is um, I'm always looking to try and find funny, strange or weird stories. So I'm wondering if you have any in your, your career that you'd be happy to share with us. Yeah, I've got a really cool one, actually. Um, it was when I worked at West Bromwich Building Society. So one of the things that, you, you know, life is rich with experiences. Life is just experiences. It's not gadgets. It's not things. It's experiences and memories. And we try to create memories for people. And I remember one day we were in Chester and uh, we'd been there for a conference, a number of staff, and we went out for dinner and we just went somewhere like ZZ's, right? So we're in ZZ's, I think there was four of us and it was one of the ladies, it was a birthday, it was Sam's birthday. And I thought to myself, how are we gonna make this memorable for Sam? So we could have done the cake thing, yeah, in fact, yeah. I think we did get a cake. Um, and then, but when the cake came out, I said to the waiter or waitress, just give me a nod or a wink. Let me know when you're about to bring the cake out. Right, okay, what are you going to do? You'll see. So they got to the door with the cake and Sam's sitting opposite me and the waitress or the waiter's behind her. So here's the cake. I said, all right, hang on. I stood up on my chair and I shouted to the whole restaurant, Everybody, it's Sam's birthday. We're going to bring her cake out. Can everybody stand up and sing happy birthday with us? And so we got this whole restaurant, and it was packed. We got this <laughs> whole restaurant standing up and singing happy birthday to Sam as the cake came out. And, and that just sticks in my mind, and I'm sure it sticks in there too. Something I bet, I bet really she was really embarrassed. <laughs> just a little, maybe. Um, but what a really cool thing to be able to do for her. So she remembers that birthday uh, and remembers it well, I'm sure. Yeah, amazing. But that just shows your 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 courageousness once again, because I don't think many people would be like, let's just get the whole restaurant, the whole restaurant to, singing, yeah. to get up yeah. and start singing. Like, you know, most people just do it in their corner, don't they? And have a little happy birthday and yeah. <laughs> you're up on that chair. It's, it's interesting. When I, and I hear these stories, you kind of you get a little glimpse into the person's personality as well that I'm, I asked that question to. And yeah. Yeah, I think that really this is about this is about creating memories for them. This is about 
this is about them. You know, if I have to embarrass myself a little bit by standing up, well, so be it. But but didn't she have a great experience? Yeah, awesome. That sounds great. Fantastic. So um, my next question is, um, any uh, proud or inspiring moments that you've had in your, your career? Do you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud to to have been able to build up a, a network of eight Pittman centres. Um, because when I started out with Pittman, I'll be honest, I didn't really know where I was going to go with it. Um, I knew that I wanted to, to build a business which would make a difference to me and my family. I didn't know it would lead me to building eight centres. I'm very proud to be selected as the master franchisee for Great Britain. Um, and selection is really the word, by the way, because when a brand is looking to build in a new country or territory, you have, they have to partner with somebody they believe in. And so my relationship with Launch Life is strong. They see what I've done with the Pittman business and believe that I can do good things with School is Easy too, with my team. So I'm very proud to have been selected as a master franchisee. Um, so probably, probably the two standout ones around how we've, how we've successfully built the business so far. We're not done yet, but we're, we're, we're on the way. Yeah, that's, that's, it's pretty awesome really, isn't it? You know, from, um, yeah, th- those early days where you're on the phone trying to pick up clients and I guess, you know, that was pretty um, difficult and nerve wracking. You know, is it going to work or not? You've invested some time and money into it to, to, to be able to, to look at it now and see what you're achieving and the lives that you're impacting through the work that you're doing, I think is it's pretty awesome and you rightly should be proud for that so that's pretty cool and i was i was proud when when for the first time we hit our seven seven figures turnover if that makes sense and i know that um turnover is vanity and profit is sanity i totally get that but when when we turned over seven figures for the first time i was like cool yeah we did did you you get up in a restaurant and and celebrate (laughs) no because i think that would be a it would sound a little bit like bloating, maybe, and, and I, I, I'm not in for that. But I, I think I just sort of nodded to myself and thought, "Yeah, that's pretty cool." Oh yeah, that's uh, that's that's your per- part of your personality, of course, as well. Is you know, you're you're more about doing those sorts of things for other people. So uh, yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, and then the the final one. So anybody who perhaps was um, like yourself and wanting to get away from that nine to five grind and, and set up a business on their own. And, uh, you know, they're potentially looking at franchise businesses. Um, yeah. What would be your, your one piece of advice to them or main piece of advice to them? Well, my main piece of advice would be to um, find somebody who's a BFA member. So if, if you know you're going franchise, whatever the franchise might be, it could be School is Easy, brilliant. It could be Pittman, brilliant. I'll happily talk to you about it. Um, but if it's lawn care or if it's pet care or whatever it might be, just find somebody who's a member of the BFA, the British Franchise Association, because um, they're a great standard, a great hallmark, if you like, of quality. Uh, and they make people jump through hoops to become um, registered with them um, as, as far as the franchise all goes. So, yeah, make sure they're BFA members. So I take it you're, you're involved with them now, nowadays. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely right. In fact, we'll be at the conference. Um, I think the conference is at the end of November. So we'll be there as well. So if any, anybody is listening, uh, I would love to say hi. Um, do come along and say hi if you're attending too. Awesome. Chris, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate um, getting to know you better, learning your story um, with Pittman and School is Easy and um, looking forward to seeing what you, you do with the brands um, for the future. So good luck with that and, and thanks again for your time. You're very welcome. Ed, is it... Um, perhaps I could share that we've got a webinar coming up 
um, for School is Easy. It's like a discovery webinar. Um, and if any of your listeners wanted to join in on the discovery webinar, if they head to schoolisEasy.com, um, they should be able to find that details of when that webinar is or, or find us on Facebook or LinkedIn. Uh, and then you'll see me and, and some of my colleagues talking about that School is Easy opportunity if indeed they're interested. Of course, I'll put a link in the, the show notes and um, yeah, people can find can find that detail there. So again, thank you so much for your time and um, have a good day. You're welcome. Thanks, Ed. Take care. All right, so that was my conversation with Chris Weil from Pittman Training and School is Easy. A um, lot, lot covered in that conversation, I think, and I feel like the passion for training um, was really evident in Chris. Uh, it, in fact, at times I felt like he was training me on um, you know, business and on, on what it's like to be a franchisee for the, the brands he was working for. So I thought that was pretty cool, and you can see he's got a real knack for it. Um, one of the biggest things that stood out for me during that conversation was um, when he said he he was worried about that responsibility for taking on another member of staff. I think um, when, when you're self-employed and you're working for yourself, that's something that's okay, you know, you, you know you're, it's down to you to earn the money, but what happens if you have a bad month? Well, it's still down to you and it's only you that it's going to impact and, and your family, of course. But bringing on another member of staff that completely takes it up another level, another notch in terms of what your responsibility is and the pressure on you as well, which I think is, uh, as Chris mentioned, uh, um, a blessing and a curse in itself. You know, you've got somebody else who can help and support you with what you're doing, but it's now down to you to bring in money enough for two people, which is, yeah, quite quite, quite scary, I could imagine. But that's why I could see there's some real benefits in in him being part of the network. He, he mentioned it later on in the conversation that he, he takes the opinion of other franchisees within the same brand uh, and also from the the staff from the brand as well, which I think is really important. And it's something I've learned over these conversations uh, in the franchising world is that actually the, the support that you receive being part of a franchise business or a franchise network is, is um, immense really and really valuable. And it goes just beyond one brand. I think you can see it in other brands and people talking to each other. It's it's a really nice community to be a part of. Um, other things that I, I thought were quite interesting is the the, the the gap in learning loss in in children since the pandemic. Uh, as I mentioned, I've seen it in my son quite clearly myself, but um, I think he's probably quite lucky. He's got got parents that are, are capable and were able to, to try and teach him something there, there must be so many children out there that don't and so I feel for them and I'm, I'm glad there's businesses like School is Easy and uh, some of the other tutor brands that I've spoken to as well out there uh, focus solely on helping them to, to to catch up at the end of the day it's just catching up isn't it it's not that they're missing out too much but they've, they've definitely got that gap in their learning. Um, and then the final thing for me was, again, is around Chris's personality, the, the courage he has, um, I think has put him in really good stead. He's not only done that in, in the business world, he's also done that in uh, his personal life as well. And you can see he's that sort of person who will will make something happen for the benefit of, of those around him and uh, isn't afraid to make himself look silly or anything like in the meantime to do that. He's just caring about those other people, which I think... Um, makes sense you know when you look at the brands he's working for it makes a lot of sense so 
There we go. That was it. My conversation with Chris Weil from Pittman Training and School is Easy. Hopefully you found that interesting and insightful. If you did, uh, make sure you check out some of the previous episodes. Hit the subscribe button and all of that good stuff. Um, You can also check out thefranchise.com where we're starting to build up some other franchisors on there and their stories. Um, So you can check that out as well as a few articles on there at the moment. There's plenty more to come um, to to keep you interested and um, up to date with what's going on in the franchising world. So final thing from me is just a, a quick shout out once again to our sponsors for this podcast, Symphony. Um, make sure you reach out to them for all of your inbound um, needs for sales. Uh, make sure you don't miss a single sale by having Symphony um, as a backup for you um, to make sure they answer your calls, deal with your inbound queries on social media and on your website. Um, so yes, you can check them out on www.symphony.co.uk forward slash disenfranchised. Thanks once again for listening. Really appreciate it. Um, Share with anybody else you think could be interested. And I hope to catch you on the next one. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.